0: Welcome into the Legendary Sports YouTube page. Mike here with Micah and LQ. We're going to be going, sticking with the AFC East and reviewing the Dolphins offseason. The Dolphins have made a lot of moves. There's a lot to talk about. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, first, I I'll give you what they added, what they lost, and who they drafted uh, this offseason. So added Byron Jones, Kyle Vainoy, Shaq Lawson, Eric Flowers, Emmanuel Ogba, and Jordan Howard. They lost Ch- Taco Charlton and Evan Boehm. Not really big losses there. And then in the draft, the Dolphins were super busy with three first-round picks. They got Tua, Austin Jackson, Noah Igbenagini, uh, Robert Hunt, Raquan Davis, Brandon Jones, Solomon Kinley, Jason Strobridge, Curtis Weaver, Blake Ferguson, and Malcolm Perry. Al we were talking right before we started this that The Dolphins had a lot of money this offseason, and they used it. Those names are well-known names in the league. Byron Jones, a top cornerback for the Cowboys. Kyle Van Noy has won multiple championships with the Patriots. What did you think of these moves that the Dolphins made so far?
1: Uh, Pretty solid moves, man. Um, With, uh, I believe this is Brian Flores' second year kind of in the helm, actually making those decisions and getting everything in place for the future. Um, These are great, I guess you would say, uh, stepping stones to get to the future that they – want to be at one day um, they signed Eric Flowers as you said uh, he hasn't had the best trajectory but the last season he definitely uh, I guess you would say maybe improved his stock so um, that's definitely a great start there um, they picked up uh, Austin Jackson in the draft that's another piece on the line there so uh, if you got your franchise guy in tour you have to put some things around him in place to kind of just make sure that that's firm um, yeah so I think they did a pretty decent job Michael
2: yeah, I would say um kind of just going off that, they created or yeah, they created a really good base for what's gonna happen in the next three to four years as far as, you know, the trajectory of this team. Um, we talked about it last time. This this division is kind of up of grabs right now. I mean, if you put uh you know, if you win three more games than last year, four more games than last year, and then you really start seeing the ball rolling with this team, you're gonna see a lot of positives come out, especially with the with the veteran guys that they sign. I mean, they sign guys with experience in the league, guys who have had success, um, guys who can fill gaps and and, and give you solid play throughout a long season. And I think the mix of, of high veteran talent with the young guys who finished the season great last year, um, with the idea that Tua is gonna come in um, you know, relatively soon, hopefully next year. Um, you hope he kind of sits and gets truly healthy. Um and if he's ready to play this year, he might see him this year. But I think that just the trajectory and everything they're trying to do is really falling in place. And just Brian Flores is really starting to get the ball rolling and the ship going with, you know, the trajectory and what he really wants to do with this team. So I really like the moves. I, I think they filled a lot of good needs. Um, They didn't really lose anything, which is the biggest part. And they had a lot of money to spend and they, they did what they had to do.
0: So with, with the dolphins, I think I, I'm a little bit different. Like, I like the moves that they made. I don't know if it's also like a year too early. Like, yeah, okay, you you get a Byron Jones and you spend the big money on him, but Jalen Ramsey's available next year. Yeah, you can get two extra wins here, but I'd rather have Jalen Ramsey on a long-term deal than Byron Jones. Eric Flowers, he made the move from tackle down to guard. We saw him with the Redskins each week. He was the most consistent guard. Is that $10 million worth? I I don't know. Um, All the guys that they picked up in the draft, Tua, Injury problems. Hopefully, he's able to stay healthy. But if he's not, then who knows? But I, I think with that pick, you can't go wrong. Like you have, you have to be able to take Tua because coming into the season, their goal was to tank for Tua, and you have an opportunity now with the f- uh, fifth pick in the first round to draft him. So you have to. Austin Jackson at USC injuries, not consistent at tackle, and there were a lot of questions. People were confused why he was number the number eighteen pick. There were other, um, there were other. Uh, better tackles I know, yeah. out there. Uh worse that went to uh worst was out there. yeah. So it's just it was confusing what exactly they were thinking with Austin Jackson. Same thing with Noah. Um the cornerback position, I, I think that was the, probably the most confusing in the draft. I guess wide receiver too, but cornerback with how how early Arnett went and it was just he was potentially a first round pick, but a lot of people had him in the second round and he has some issues here and there. So I feel like their top three picks usually with the especially first-round picks, those are guys that you get no questions asked. They're going to be usually superstars. They're top ten are usually superstars, all-pro type of players. Yeah, pick number 30 or closer towards uh, the end of the draft, second round, that's when things start getting iffy. But with the Austin Jackson and the Noah pick, it's like I like what they did and I like the money that they spent, but is it going to be – are we going to look at this back in five, six years and be like, "Ooh." That was a rough. That was a rough first round for uh, rougher first round for the Dolphins. You're a team that you're not all that great. Um, you did you did improve as the season went on, but if Tua doesn't pan out to be the guy that he is, if, if these guys don't work out, you are going to look back and be like, well, they could have gotten like better players at that position, best player available. You're not a team that you're one piece away. They're not a quarterback away. I mean, they're a lot of positions away. So I'm I'm kind of torn between. These are players that have risks, but their upside are really high, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. You know Byron Jones is going to work out for you. He's going to be a shutdown corner. Could have had Jalen Ramsey next year. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how it works out for the Dolphins. But I want to go into Tua specifically. Um, there were a lot of conversations coming into the season that he was the number one pick. Obviously, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Okuda, um, all those guys had amazing seasons, and Tua's injury let him to drop. If you were the Dolphins, is there any way that you weren't picking Tua with that number five pick? Michael?
2: I don't think there's no way you – I mean, I think he was the pick, really, at that point especially. Um, There was a lot of talk, you know, in the pre-draft and everything that the Redskins could have snagged them at two or there could have been a lot of trading or moving parts like that. And, you know, given just the how the draft went, I think Tua at five was the best player available. I mean – any other like way you put it, this is a, a guy, when healthy, he was probably the most talented passer, Um, but, you know, besides Joe Burrow who had the amazing season with the amazing pieces. They were on the same trajectory going, uh, you know, throughout the 2019 college football season until he got hurt. And then when that shifted and when that happened, everything kind of changed. Um, This is a guy who can be a franchise quarterback. And to get him at five is, in my opinion, a steal. I mean, teams kind of didn't want to go that route and when the, you have a guy like Tua in a good situation I feel like with the Dolphins where he can sit and kind of just see what's happening in front of him and hopefully down the road whether it's trade pieces or whether they get more talent around him they can fill that in I feel like it's a perfect scenario for him um I do I mean I, I think the getting him at five was probably the best scenario for him um it's probably the best scenario for the Dolphins too so I think it was a win for them um you know, you do go. You, you don't really see guys like that all the time, like talent-wise. Just especially two guys with Burrow and um, Tua kind of just be available. So I don't have a problem with that. I think it was a great. I think it was a great pick for them.
1: Okay. Um, I agree, man. Uh, at the time that they picked at five, um, I feel like it was kind of either Tua or Herbert. Um, personally, I probably would have went. Uh, I'd say Simmons, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, Tua and Herbert. Um, I don't really like Pac-12 quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, Tua has been running that SEC for about a year and a half, man. Uh, up until that injury, when he is the consensus number one in every poll to start the season, and I think he probably would have ended that way, even though Joe Burrow definitely had an amazing year. But um, injury aside, man, I think Tua is probably the best pick there.
0: Yeah, I I do think that it it comes down to it's one, it's one major injury. There have been small injuries, but I mean, everybody has, everybody has an ankle injury here and there. So Mm -hmm. I I do think that if Tua is able to be, to be healthy, that this is an amazing pick. That's the biggest question with the NFL, they're bigger, faster, stronger. Is his hip going to be able to hold up? Uh, That's, that's the number one question before we get into our official grades. I have one more question. LQ, I'll start with you here. Sticking with Tua, if you're the Dolphins coach and GM, are you starting to, because Tua said he's ready to go. Are you starting to uh, immediately uh, game one of the 2020 NFL season? Or are you waiting it out to 2021 to make sure that everything is clear, that his doctors are checking him out, and that he's now recovered over a year and he's ready to go and that hip is fully
1: healed? Uh, let me take a look at their schedule here. And week one is against the Patriots. Uh, week two is against the Bills. Week three is against the Jags. Nah. Um, I might throw him out there against the Jags, to be honest. I I don't throw him out there those first two games. Um, I don't really see what the rush is. They were winning in winning situations last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, yep. so um, it's definitely not that much of a fall off. The offense is comfortable with him. Also, um, I think Rosen is down there too. Let Rosen battle. Mm-hmm. Why not?
0: Yeah, Michael.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely.
2: I don't want, I don't want him seeing the field at all this year. I I really. In an ideal situation, um, we talked about it a lot, but I didn't want to see Dwayne – or we didn't really want to see Dwayne Haskins out there either. But that's an ideal situation. When you go 0-5 or whatever it was we were, you kind of have to start playing your cards and see the value of players. But um, I think the Dolphins could – like you said, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick still. They still have Josh Rosen. Don't put him out there. I mean, he's going to be thrown to Devontae Parker and Alan Hearns, bro. Yes, they made offensive line adjustments, but they're still not a top offensive line. Yes, they they did get Solomon Kenley, uh, and yes, they did spend uh, high value um, high value uh, picks on offensive tackles. But still, this team is not ready for. Uh, uh, they drafted one a wide two. receiver in the yes. seventh round. Yes, and even then, he's a he's a flex kind of guy. He's a, a hybrid running back yeah. and receiver. They're not in a position to make a lot of offensive plays, and I think just looking at how this roster is set up, they're going to be making on the AFC East. Not really being a high-scoring, like, division. There's going to be a lot of three-touchdown games possibly winning you uh, a lot of football games here. So, just play it safe. You don't have to really put them out there. Even if they tank it, even if they go, let's say, they start two and, like, six or whatever it is, and you get to that midway point in the season, then it shouldn't be a rush. It's okay. You can oh, get- but,
0: but the no. question – oh. if, you're, if you're two and six, the question then mm-hmm. is, like, well, why not develop – because, like, if, if let's, say, let's say Tua is able to come out and win a couple of games, you know you have mm-hmm. your guy. But if you're 2-6, and six, you're in the running for the first overall pick. You have Trevor Lawrence, who's been completely healthy. You have Justin Fields, who had, has, had an injury uh, last season with his knee. But besides that, he's been completely healthy. So you have to, like, want to see what you have with your quarterback. I think that was the reasoning, obviously, uh, ownership took over with uh, the Redskins saying that Dwayne mm-hmm. Haskins needs to go in because we got to see what we have here because all these guys are going to be gone. But if you're 2-6 and six at a point, it's, it, you've got to be like, well, yeah." I'm not see sure what we have with two, are, right?
2: Yeah, and that's definitely a case. And that's why I kind of mentioned the Redskins example. In ideal situations, you wouldn't want that to happen. And of course, like you mentioned, ownership kind of took over that scenario. But in this case, and specifically this case, I think the Dolphins, just given how this, like, just looking at this and seeing the names popping out on the, on the roster and on the screen and everything like that, I feel like they benefit from a lot of trade pieces and I feel like there's more moves to be made down the road that would benefit Tua coming in later than inserting him mid-season with a, uh, a roster that's kind of like up in the air, especially if they're in that scenario. Um, I feel like Brian Flores is going to be here for at least another two to three years, even if they suck, even if they go one and 15 or two and 14, or if you play 17 games and they go three and what, 14. I think he'll be here just because of the progression of things and how, He's kind of bringing stability back. And I think just doing that, I would rather see him down the road. But like you said, if all everything fails and you really want to see the value in that because you're projected for a number one pick, then you got to throw him out here for a couple of games. But I just don't think it's necessary. He'll be fine for 2021. Hopefully the roster is way better and in a better position to win.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, Personally, I wouldn't want him to play this season at all either. Mm-hmm. Let Ryan Fitzpatrick take another year with uh um, let
1: josh rosen go out there yeah even it's, yeah like, with you gotta maximize rosen man um i feel like they can get at least maybe like third or fourth but bro trade know what he got yeah you know? so, I mean nobody
0: is. nobody's been able to see see him play but with like the coronavirus situation and it's like virtual off seasons and with um having not having the ability to get that like cohesion with your team with OTAs rookie mini camp all that stuff like you're throwing him into the fire week one for no reason at all let a vet take that let a vet who has been in the league, been in multiple systems. Let let him go ahead, go ahead and do that. Uh, Tua got hurt November sixteenth uh, last year, so there's no shot that I'm starting him until we reach we cross that year mark. I, I probably want to start him until like we cross that year mark of a surgery. Um, so I, w- I would hold off on Tua. He says that he's 100 percent healthy, and if he's, he's supposed say, to say that, if he's saying that he's 100 percent healthy, and the teams are. And the team is like, you know what, we I mean the fans are root, fans want them and they succumb to the peer pressure. I mean, we may see the
1: one video. Yeah. One hit video. Yeah. So one back video.
0: So I, I don't know. I, I probably would I probably would sit him until uh until next year and when everything is back to normal and you can get into your OTAs, your rookie mini camps, get that cohesion, know your receivers and everything, then yeah, go ahead and start him and run with that because you're another year deep, you have more draft picks, you have you're able to focus on the offense. Like obviously they focus on the offensive line, but you need to get him receivers. I mean, you can't go from having Judy, Ruggs, Waddle. It's a Devontae Parker. It it doesn't work like that. It it just doesn't. But uh Micah, I'll start with you here. What was your what is an offseason grade that you're giving them?
2: I would give them a solid C. Um, just because I guess the churn really and I guess the word for this is just like you don't, you don't really know what's going to happen with the moves they made. Like I said, it's, it's kind of a balance of they got a lot of veteran players who could possibly, this is, I don't think this is the last stop. They're kind of in that midst of they were in their primes and they're just now maybe at the twilight of their primes moving into the, their final contracts or their later uh, career contracts with a lot of really, really young guys who just got drafted. Rosters like this don't normally succeed, so it's kind of just like this team is built to be average, and I think that's kind of the plan until they can really start getting uh, more players, whether that's trades, whether that's um, drafting, or whatever, you know, however uh, management wants to handle that. But I think right now, it's just average. So I'll give them a C, and it's not necessarily a bad C, but it's just like we kind of had to see what happens, so uh, an average grade, a C, is probably where i put them for this offseason.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Um, yeah, I was going in a C direction until I did a little research and I seen how much they were paying for those. Let's just uh, drop that right now. Byron Jones, <laughs> that's uh, five years, 82 and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kyle Van Noy, that's uh, four years, and that's 51 million. Uh, Shaq Lawson, you got three years for 30. Um, Eric Flowers, another three years for 30. Emmanuel Ogba, that's two years for 15. And not to mention all of the draft picks that you had to sign as well. So, um, yeah, man, I, I just feel like they overspent, man. I don't think that the players that they signed were bad, uh, but I think I don't know if they were trying to reset the market or what their goal was this offseason. season. I guess try to outbid I, everybody else. Is, teams it's kind of like uh on Madden when you want somebody that bad you just kind of keep you know so <laughs> withdraw a
2: contract put it back and higher
1: that's looking like what's going on with the Dolphins man but uh like I said man not bad signings I just do like the value And I don't think over time uh four years for Ben is kind of a lot so yeah it's yeah
0: that's that's where I'm going to I'm in the C range I I'm a C minus I I like like I like Kyle Noy as a leader in the locker room, but for that money, like I don't like him. Byron Jones is cool, but like I would rather have a top tier quarterback like he's he's a like a really really good quarterback. don't get me wrong he's bro. like tier two bro he's not yeah he's like the top for of tier for sure but he, that's
1: that's yeah that's yeah but
0: eight. he's getting he's getting top like top of the top quarterback money, so i, I can't i can't I can't respect it like it's just you had all this money and I understand like, Oh, we have to make sure we get playmakers and that's what they try to do. But you're trying to become the Pats. If you're trying to become the Pats South with getting a bunch of Pats players and all of this, it's not the way to go. They, they don't overpay. They get rid of people earlier than uh, you expect them to. So yeah, C minus. It doesn't mean that they had a bad off season. It doesn't mean that mm-hmm. like all these guys can turn out and they can, they can maybe sneak a wild card spot. If two were there from week one and everything works out perfectly, but, from right now the point where we stand i think they're c-team minus and until we're able to see what they actually do on the field then we can truly evaluate but from the moves that we've seen here it wasn't a it wasn't a bad off season but it wasn't a good off season either for the dolphins they're i think they're in the same spot that they were in last year just with a bunch of a lot more projected uh upside than before cuz mm-hmm. you, you have no upside with Ryan Fitzpatrick but now you do have an upside with Tua and your nose and your Austin Jackson and, all these type of players. Maybe maybe it works out and maybe the Dolphins are in the playoffs next year and we're like, wow, who would have have thought that all of this and they had a master plan and we just don't know about it. But that's going to wrap up uh, the Dolphins. Great. Uh, Contest is around a C, C- type uh, type of uh, offseason. Make sure you go check out our other Jets and Bills videos. And up next, we have the Patriots. So for Mike, for Micah, and for LQ, we'll see you on the next video.